Yakima Chief Hops is a 100% grower-owned hop supplier with a mission to connect brewers worldwide with the family farms that grow their hops. YCH is proud to provide brewers in Australia and New Zealand with quality hop products and brewing solutions to elevate their beers. Learn more at yakimachief.com. Hi, I'm Brews News Editor Matt Kirkegaard and welcome to this special edition of Radio Brews News in which we hear from Kylie Lethbridge, CEO of the Independent Brewers Association about the just-released consultation draft of the Association's Roadmap for the Australian Independent Beer Industry, Future Brew 2031. This roadmap is the culmination of extensive consumer research and industry consultation and is an ambitious plan for the industry including tackling a lot of the challenges that the industry faces, such as what does independence mean to the consumer. In this conversation, Kylie takes us through the key areas of the roadmap, and I dig a little deeper into the background about what this means on such sensitive topics as the association's membership changes, if any, the challenges as major retailers become the biggest customer to independent brewers, and also a growing competitor to those same small brewers, and also the vexed issue of tap contracts. I hope you'll find this conversation interesting and an insight into the roadmap that hopefully you will have read by now. Kylie Lethbridge, welcome to Radio Brews News. Thank you, Matt Kirkegaard. Congratulations. Huge body of work uh, has been dropped uh, yesterday as, as, as we conduct this interview um, and not an insignificant one, a roadmap for the Australian independent beer industry looking ahead to 2031. Tapping the potential, Matt. What do you think about the play on words? <laughs> beer industry <laughs> is nothing but punny uh, when you look at it. So at, at least you didn't use a uh, hop one. Um, hop on board, everybody. Um, <laughs> it was a good process. I guess the first thing about this is the research that backs this and all of the work behind it was funded by the New South Wales government, um, which is a, a huge thing and I guess shows the importance of having a body that can receive these funds from governments, uh, which, which is what the IBA is. Absolutely, Matt. And um, I've said it before and, and I, you, you know, you'll hear me say it again, is, is hats off to a state government that will fund a national plan for an industry. And as you would know, they've had their independent beer action plan in place for quite some time. And so they recognise the opportunity and uh, thankfully we're at the right place at the right time and we were lucky enough to receive that funding. So off we went at 100 miles an hour after that. It was certainly an important thing in the scorecard for the uh, State of the States report that we did, um, the States of Brewing report to see and uh, that really um, was a huge uh, count in their favour, um, I have to say. So, um, and it's made it possible. And maybe just tell us a little bit about where that money went, because you did have yep. uh, some serious, uh, you know, research work undertaken by KPMG, I believe, including focus groups around what independence means. Absolutely. Um, it was really important for us, Matt, that, you know, we had a strategic plan in place that was done where I come from in terms of my background is you rarely do anything without insights or research. And so um, we had done the small economic impact analysis back in 2020 
that looked at what our contribution was to the economy and that helped with our advocacy efforts. But obviously we needed, again, that was a quite a small piece of research and we needed to build on that. So we scraped together as many of our pennies on top of that government grant as possible to, um, to ensure that we spoke to, to as many of the industry players as possible, that we got as much engagement with our members as possible, that we understood the framework in which we were operating. And that included, uh, it's why the team that did the federal government's Ag 2030 plan at KPMG worked on our strategy because I saw the synergies between us and the ag industry and, and what the opportunities would be there. So for me, it was really important to look at the whole um, the whole playing field of, of our industry and where we would be going in the future, what others we were influencing. And so that piece of work was done looking at the opportunities there, but also as important is our consumer. So the people that buy our beer, currently buying our beer, may be future uh, independent craft drinkers that we understood their psyche, we understood their buying behaviour. And we do, um, we do, as you would know, we have Beer Cartel Survey and there are others that, that talk to consumers, but we wanted to talk beyond the beer bubble. So we wanted to talk to people that maybe just experiencing some new beers that might have uh, a, a desire to branch out from the beers that they're drinking and those that actually do and are starting to 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 uh, to expand their palate so not we wanted to listen to those that are not converted for want of a better term and so um, uh, it was also super important that that piece of research was a benchmark in time so as you know, the independent seal was launched. We have, you know, 80 odd percent of our members that are using that, but we then had a global pandemic hit. And so mm. we haven't had the opportunity to start that education process with a consumer about what independence means. So from those focus groups, it, it actually even surprised me the awareness of the seal was, you know, at 30 percent, we were even surprised that it was that high. So that benchmark where we were in time and then over uh, over the next 10 years, we'll obviously continue to update that. We'll do more focus groups as we go uh, to understand the impact that we're having on changing that behaviour or delivering and providing that information and education about what independence means. Just looking at the the, the, the report um, or, the, or the plan and looking at some of the words that your focus groups threw up, you know, craft beer or independent uh, beer is passionate, real, um, special enterprise, pride, personal quality, fun, experimental, sustainable, innovative. You know, those are all words that um, you can tie together into something. And then there were four key highlights, quality ingredients and product, uh, production standards delivered by passionate brewers, authentic, local and sustainable businesses that care about people in their communities, um, the third is entrepreneurial small businesses with creative flair for developing new products and for makers of creative and creative, exciting and delicious beers that are brewed for enjoyment over profit. Um, there's a lot to package up in a campaign. If, if that's what consumers want independence to, to, to be, I, I guess it, how do you shape an association around marketing to that? Because I guess to some extent your membership is going to have to be defined by brewers that embody that um, because that's the, the, the boundaries of uh, the, the, the members that you're going to be marketing for. Yeah, it's 
for me, that was really exciting. And I sat in on every one of those focus groups, the person behind the window, I should say. And it was absolutely fascinating to listen to those words come out and to hear and unprompted, you know, words like community Mm. and local and flavor and provenance and all the things that, um, that we have talked about for a long time. But obviously, until we did that research, didn't know that that was in the mind of the people we're trying to attract. And so, you know, I mentioned in our mailer out to members yesterday that we've been a little bit cheeky and started some of these actions prior to to the plan being endorsed. And one of those is obviously the consumer direct marketing campaign, which is, you know, on 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 the whole, um, a large exercise for an organisation like ours. And the first time we've really gone, you know, hell for leather at trying to mm. talk directly to the consumer um, other than via trade, really. Um, and so we... Uh, went through a process late last year where we tried to find an advertising agency that would work with us that would that would start a journey uh, that wasn't just looking at it like here's our next big client it's we've got a really long we've got a job to do and it may take a long time just again because given the limited resources and the competing priorities our organization has and so we went through the process and engaged an agency who are called Loud. They're based in Sydney. Um, they're independent themselves. And at the at the minute, we're working up what that creative looks like based on that consumer research. And that's been that's been a fascinating but a challenging process for them to get all of those words into a 15-second commercial that might appear online in streaming services, you know, or that might you know, wrap up social posts about what what independent is. But but as I said, it is the start of the journey and we're starting on awareness rather than immediate conversion because if you want mm. marketing, that's the way that you need to flow. Uh, it will be a national campaign, which is really exciting for us as well. Um, we're, we're using some uh, local um, illustrators, some, some you know, community people that are doing walls on, on laneways and stuff like that to, to factor into this advertising that we're developing. So, yeah, you're right, that's a lot to try and get into a message. However, for me, those things all resonate with each other. They're all, they all go back to, I think, what, what's a trend in, in how we want to live our lives and how we want to spend our money and the contribution that we want to see, you know, businesses make to the reduction in their emissions or the ingredients that goes in. Are they organic? Are they, you know, so to me that sort of resonates with trends that are well beyond just beer. I guess when you look at some of those things that consumers see it as, the challenge is, you know, brewers that are you know, not qualified as independent currently can claim those. You know, some of the big brewers can claim to use quality ingredients and productive standards uh, delivered by passionate brewers. And back when we were arguing about what craft means, that was their argument. Um, you know, and it, increasingly they've worked towards authentic and local seeming businesses um i'll, I'll put it because you can always debate about that um my head. <laughs> yeah, yeah well you know they, they, they're very good at looking small um when they want to yep um and they're makers of creative and exciting delicious beers that are brewed for enjoyment over profit um we can always argue about isn't that the purpose of business to make a profit at some level but th- there is that broader perception to it um, so number three, the entrepreneurial small businesses with creative flair seems to be the 
unique selling proposition that marketers like to call it that really comes out that only small local businesses um, that are independent can have. Do you anticipate there'll be any change to the definition, the membership definition for the for the uh, IBA um, around ensuring that all members are consistently viewed by the public as being falling within those definitions or before falling in uh, what they're looking for from independence? The short answer to that is yes, Matt, and I'll give you the, the, the longer answer in a tick. But <laughs> one, of those, one of those focus groups that I sat through, there was a very good example for me of all of all of all of those words you just used and the experience that people want one of the uh one of the members of the focus groups and i i can't remember whether it was the light medium or heavy drinker category but um they described an experience where they went into a, a brew pub um they got paddles they got tasting notes they understood that the um the hops that had gone into that beer the the brewer had gone out and talked to the 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 farmer, the barley was being grown based on the brewer's uh, direction. They understood when the barley was being watered, you know, this whole um, experience. And then they were talking to the person behind the bar about one of the beers in particular. The brewer heard came out and sat down at the table and had a, had a conversation with this with this person. Now, I don't promise that everybody will have that experience, but to me, that's what all of those words combined wrapped up in that example of, of what a consumer might desire or might want, and that's information and understanding and, and possibly even an interaction with the people behind the mm. product. You're not going to get that with a large, large brewery. You're not going to get that with mass manufactured product who's got one brewer and, and is punching out millions and millions of litres a year. Um, and the conversation around independence, you know, you and I have had this and, and, and many times and it came up again in a much more concerted way last year and um, it, it certainly hit the IBA board that we need to look now, again, the evolution of who we are, the evolution of the industry, we now need to look at, at what independence means and defining that not just for the consumer but for our membership base. And so... We have an agenda item on the board uh, with the board at the minute that is about um, just updating our constitution. You know, it was done a long time ago. The world has changed. The industry has changed. You look at the numbers of growth, you know, 26% growth since 2012. What's even the growth since the constitution was put in play and, and how that and how that playing field has changed to me means you're, you always need to go back and have a look at whether or not you've got your structure right so then you can support the industry. So, yes, in 2022, the IBA board will look at our constitution and that will look at the whole gamut of, of what it says. It will look at the board structure. It'll, we'll, do, we'll do a full review and we'll have a look. And, I, and I, can't, I can't tell you at the minute that we're going in one direction or another because the conversation's um, still happening, but uh, we will look at what it means to be independent and, therefore, who joins the IBA. And following on from that one, again, talking, hearing that experience that all of us love when we go to a craft brewery and get that personal experience, it yep. struck me the percentage of consumers who get their independent craft beer from the big box retailers. And yet, as we reported last week, when you look at their figures, their own home brand beers are rapidly supplanting um, you know, I think it was $1.3 billion in sales of independence across the, the alcohol groups. But if you walk into a 
Dan Murphy's in every category, there is something to challenge the, the independent brewers. Given that they're such an important distribution partner in a sense, but they're also the biggest competitor in a lot of ways to the, the, the members of the IBA, are they a friend or a frenemy um, in, in, through all of this? You know, is, is that something you want to encourage or something that you want to break free the uh, reliance on? The, the research talked about access and, and purchasing behaviour in terms of where do you purchase. And um, it also talked about the prevalence of online uh, online ordering. And so a lot of that for our industry is done direct. You know, as you would know, Matt, a lot of the IBA members have very strong supporter bases of their own. And mm. and again, anybody that was still in business at the other end of COVID worked out that online ordering was super important and, and therefore um, diversifying how your business was structured prior to the pandemic is and having to adapt and pivot, as we liked to say quite often during that process, um, is now in place, you know, is permanently in place. So, yes, um, big retail is still important in terms of a distribution outlet, but so is direct via breweries online. Um, it, it's a the, the question of how we work with the major retailers is sometimes... Sometimes it's a challenge, but on the in the vast majority of our experience, we work very, very collegiately with trade. And um, we, you know, to the point that if you look at Dan Murphy's online system, you can search on independent craft. So they realise, again, that it's important to a consumer and their understanding of what their consumer wants. They've got a lot of money to ask and answer and have answered what a mm. consumer wants. So it's being driven by consumers as well that they want more um, more uh, variety and all the things that I'm sure that these consumers are telling us. They're also telling the big retailers, if they weren't if they weren't making a quid, they wouldn't they wouldn't be ranging it. Um, of all the major retailers, uh, we we have trade partnerships. We're working with Coles on one different program. We're working with Dan's on a different program. We're working with Blackhearts and Sparrows at a different level. So we try and weigh and, and measure the effort that we make based on what our members are telling us we need to spend our time. And that does mean working with the major retailers, working with Retail Drinks Australia to see where there's synergies there in terms of working together. So for a very small team and a very small organisation, I try and maximise and, and work with whoever we can to get the best bang for our buck while at the same time realising that there's some challenges with competition in that space and that's growing. Because I, I just want to looking at when it's, it's a challenge getting consumers to value those emotional things over price and, you know, convenience, um, which is, you know, costly exercise. What, increasingly what we're doing. Um, how easy that will be when you, you, you're the, the, the prime outlet. Is there an inconsistency in Dan Murphy's having an independent seal that they're championing when they're a business that's big enough to actually make the non-independent brewers tremble for, for their power and influence in the marketplace. And again, particularly when they are rapidly becoming um, a bigger competitor to the independent brewers than the, the big brewers are in many ways. I guess, again, responding to consumer demand for craft generally is why mm. we're all, all of a sudden producing more beer, why there's more breweries in planning coming online, 
um, you, you wouldn't be doing it if you didn't think that I guess you would make a quid. So mm. hopefully um, the, the demand is pushing uh, more and more craft to be on the shelves and independent craft to be on the shelves. The, the thing that I think is the reality is we, we don't compete, we can't compete, we need to work together and hope that what they're doing in response to the demand is producing quality craft. Mm. And if they're not, we're all in a bit of a pickle. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, now, the one of the other things that stepped out, another contentious issue, and I'm hopefully not just choosing the contentious <laughs> Um, but they are the you know these tend to be the things that fire uh, you know the the, the 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 pub discussions about it and uh, also uh, are the challenges for a member based organisation to uh, to deal with because on yep. one hand you need to serve the interests of the members but also you need to survive to to do that which is what breweries have to do yeah. um, but the, the question of tap contracts was something that has come to the fore again that's been such a vexed issue that I, I think when you go back ten years. To a fairly to a more nascent emerging brewery sector, um, when all breweries were small and they were all affected by tap contracts, it was an issue that everybody loved to to gripe about. Um, but then, as you see, some businesses get to a certain scale that hold on these tap contracts actually aren't a bad way of you know securing distribution and making sure that we can project you know six months into the future, which is we need to do to build our um, you know th there are members that. Uh, I know use um, tap contracts um, often to the detriment of other members. Um, you know, how how does a member association tackle that and keep all of you know the harmony within the uh, within the family? Claire and I talked a little bit about this this morning, and I think it's in your um, in the article, Matt. But it's you know it's a challenge, and the IBA has, um, but you know, before my time has has invested quite a lot of time and effort in, mm. in TAP contracts. And as you know, we raised the issue again last year through the ACCC's investigation of, of the sale of stone and wood. And we, we, we do take every opportunity we can to mention that. And, and you know, through the halls of parliament, we, we talk uh, TAP contracts comes up as an issue. We, um, you know, I'm, I'm, there's a bit of advocacy that's going on at the minute, strangely enough, I think there might be a federal election coming. Um, and, <laughs> and I talk about it at every opportunity we can as a barrier to the growth of an Australian business. And so, um, however, you know, I, you've also heard me maybe at least once in, in this last 20 minutes talk about the fact that we're a really small organisation. You know, we've got five Five, a team of five and and there's a few part-timers in there. And so we, we need to weigh and measure where we put our efforts. And so for the last couple of years, those efforts have obviously gone into other other areas. However, I think it's 96%, I want to say, I, have a, I, I don't want to, you know, be distracted by looking at the plan again, but um, a lot of our members want us to deal with TAP contracts in, in, mm. and that's why it's in the plan. And at, the, at this point in time, we're asking our members to give us feedback as to whether or not we've got those priorities right, whether we listened and whether or not we heard, whether those percentages are right, whether the investment in time in these areas is absolutely what they want us to do. And, you know, when I, when I talked to Claire this morning, my answer was, I think we just need to be creative. If you're a tiny little ship in the ocean and there's you know a big frigate with air you know aircraft carrier you know you've got no absolutely no chance of of having to come at it head on and i think 
like everything else we do, we need to think of a creative way to deal with tap contracts. And however, it, it's on the advocacy agenda, then we will absolutely um, mm. put our minds and resources to it. And again, we have such a, uh, you know, I get to work with such an amazing industry that there are people with ideas, you know, overflowing that I'm sure will want to help inform that advocacy platform and we will um, come at it roundabout, upside down, inside out to work out how we can do it creatively uh, with the resources that we've got. There is a lot that we can talk about that is also around, and again, I don't mean to concentrate on the uh, negatives, but things like uh, growing craft beer, uh, which we've talked about how we do that. But then there is a whole lot around uh, process, um, regulation led and legislation, workforce and skills development, which are hot button issues, case studies looking at models for collaboration within the, uh, the, the, the industry. It's a, it's a huge document. Are, are there, is there anything that you particularly want to highlight um, as things that the IBA wants to really hear um, feedback? Because th- th- this is a discussion document. What do you want to really hear back from your membership about? From my perspective, Matt, everything that's in there is important because it's hit a certain level that it's been put in the plan. There was obviously a, a, a quite a lot of uh, input and involvement from our industry that went into the development of it. Not all, not every idea or response to a question got in there. So, so what what I want to say to our industry is that that's the plan for the next ten years. Obviously, we will update it as things come along because there's there'll be things happening in five years that we don't even know about now, but. It, it will dictate what we do with member resources and what we do with our time and efforts over the next 10 years. So the, the, there's some, to me, quick wins, e- easier things to tackle um, than things like tap contracts and like mm. um, ensuring there's consistency and quality over over the whole industry. That's very, very difficult for an industry association to do. And, and again, we see our role there in being able to provide resources so it's easier for the for a brewery to ensure quality. And just there, I'll uh, jump in and you know, we, we covered the no and low alcohol exactly. seminar that was excellent. That was uh, 90 minutes looking at legislation, the market, the technical um, requirements that, that you did that is free to members. Um, so I'll give you a free, I'll do the free plug for you on that one. Thank so Because uh, it was a, a really impressive um uh, thing to, to, to and see. And even, even as simple, you know, a few weeks ago, we just released a fact sheet on, on what, what education and training opportunities were available in the country now. Mm. Simple stuff like that is 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 helpful um, to our members, uh, whether it be the 90-minute technical expose on NOLO because it's a new trend and people are struggling to get their head around it or, um, you know, a, a simple two-page fact sheet on on the education opportunities available. Uh, and and so that's, that's, again, if I was if I was sitting in a brewery's uh, seat and I'm paying a membership, I, I want benefit i want you to make it easier for me to run my business i want it i want you to make it easier for my hr manager to do something or if i don't have a hr manager i want it easier for me Uh, i want to make i want you to to provide things that make it easier for our accountant which is why we would you know we participated in that excise administration review and so i guess the balance between the the big stuff in the plan and the more on the ground operational, you know, some of these resources that I'm talking about is where we want member feedback. Mm -hmm. Um, Do do you want us to be, 
investing our time in in quality assurance across the board or do you just want us to keep producing resources for for other bits and pieces do you want us to get involved in trying to align course material at a national level because nobody else is doing it do you want us to try and fill the gaps on the ground where it doesn't exist tell us this is the opportunity to say i want the iba to spend their time and efforts and my membership money doing one two three and four and as I always like to say, if you don't, you've got no right to complain. Exactly. <laughs> as I said, we'll, we'll update, you know, we'll, we'll, we weigh and measure ourselves against this annually now, Matt. So, yep. and, and every couple, you know, as much as we can afford it, we'll update those focus groups to see, to see where we're, how we're changing behaviour, if we're changing behaviour with our efforts. The marketing campaign will be in market in the next couple of months. We're just about to come out with the results of the review of the Indies Awards. Um, we're starting our interstate road trip in the next month where I'll be, you know, coming interstate almost every month for the next six or seven. So there's a whole heap happening. But if mm. I can do nothing else, it's to get everybody to pay attention to this just for the next couple of weeks and then we'll have a big party and we'll launch it and we'll drink some beer and then we'll... Keep going. Well, we're here to help uh, get people at least looking at it and hopefully they uh, do get in and pro provide some feedback. But look, congratulations. It is a huge document that really provides a strategic vision for the industry. And uh, we look forward to seeing what the feedback is and, and, and what comes. Kylie Lethbridge, thank you for joining us on uh, Radio Brews News. Thank you, Matt. And thank you to, to, to Brews News for the continued support and efforts you make with our association and for our members. It's much appreciated. And that was Kylie Lethbridge. If you are an IBA member and have any thoughts on the roadmap, stop yelling at your podcast speaker or debating it at the pub. Provide your feedback to the association directly and inform this process. It is your association if you're a member and you have the ability to influence the outcome. Beyond that, thank you for listening to this Radio Brews News Special Edition. We'll be back later today with our regular News of the Week.